you know, you don't need uh, to know a lot of things to make a lasting difference in this world. You don't need a, a high IQ. You don't need to come from a good family. You don't need a lot of riches or you don't need much of anything. But the Bible tells us that you do need to know a few great things. You need to know a few great, momentous, beautiful things, and you need to be willing to live and die for them. See, the people who have changed this world are not those who have mastered many things, but it's those who know and live for and die for a few great things. You know, as I was praying about what to speak on, the, the one word that kept on coming to my mind was the word passion, being passionate. You know, I believe that there is nothing greater in this life than finding your passion, than finding that one thing that really burns in your heart. When your heart is on fire for something, man, there's nothing that is, I think, greater that you can wish upon somebody else. Not for a season, not for just a year, not even for a couple of years, but for your entire life that you would strive for that one thing. That is one of the greatest, most beautiful things that you can wish upon any one person. And I don't think that there's a better example of this than the Apostle Paul. You know, only one thing mattered for him, to finish the race. In Philippians 3, 7, Paul says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You see, Paul, he was passionate about one thing. He was passionate and all in about this one great thing. And it encompassed his life. And that's why we continue to read about him today. And as I was thinking about what to speak on and as I thought about what I could really share to each one of us today, there's this one verse that I kept coming into, that kept coming into my heart. Now, I believe that if we hold on to this one verse, that if we become passionate over it, that if we are able to live and die by this one thing, man, we are going to be able to make a difference in the lives of so many people. And that verse is Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Or to put it another way, I will only boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul, he says, let this be your singular passion. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this phrase, far be it from me, is much, much stronger in the Greek. He's saying that there is nothing that even comes close to the importance of you believing that Jesus Christ has died for you. He's saying that this is the one belief that you should have beyond any other action, beyond any other thing that you do. Focus on this one belief and it is going to change your life. You see, church, one of the greatest dangers for us is that as we continue to attend, attend church, that as the months become years, as the years become decades, we get into the habit of church, but we lose the heart of why we're doing it. You see, Jesus, he taught us so many things. 
He taught us how to be ethical. He taught his disciples uh, how to pray, how to give, and how to act. He, he taught us how to be the salt and the light of the world. And those are all good things, but they're not first. The most important thing is going to be your belief. It's going to be what you believe in. It's not going to be how much you give. It's not going to be how much you serve. It's not going to be what things that you're able to do. It's going to be what you think. It's going to be what you believe. And the question that Paul is trying to give to you, and the question that I'm trying to give to you, is what do you really believe about the cross of Jesus Christ? Do you truly believe in the depths of your heart, to the very depths of your being, that he died for your sins? That he lived a perfect life? That the cross that you were supposed to die on, that the blood that you were supposed to shed, that he took your place, not because you deserved it, but simply because he loves you. Is this something that you believe? And I think that if you truly believe this, Paul is saying that is going to change your life. That is the only thing that is going to transform who you are. The way that you act, the way that you serve, the way that you do these things all stems from your belief. And the reason why you are able to break away those addictions, the reason why you are able to break away the sins of your life, the reason why you are able to become a new creation is not because of the way that you act, it's because of the things that you believe. And the greatest thing that you can believe is that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. You see, in the Greco-Persian wars, there were terrible battles that happened between the Persians and the Greeks. And almost every single battle, the Persians outnumbered the Greeks. And yet in almost every battle, the Greeks had won. Now, why would that be? It was a simple matter of belief. It's because, you see, the Greeks, they were fighting for their freedom. They were fighting for their country. They were fighting for something greater. And yet for the Persians, they were fighting because they were enslaved. And so they were only doing it out of fear. And so for the Greeks... The way they acted, how hard they fought, how hard they were able to do these different things, it all stemmed from their belief. Church, I'm asking you right now, what do you believe? Why are you doing what you are doing? Are you doing it because it's a habit? Because you grew up doing it? Because it's something that you know other people do, are doing? Or, be, or is it because you truly believe in the cross of Jesus Christ? Of what he has done for you? That he took your place upon that cross. Are you doing this out of gratefulness, out of thankfulness? Or are you doing it for some other reason? If you are a Christian, your passion it stems from this one belief. And don't you see that if you are a Christian and if this is your one singular thought, then how can you not be passionate? Can't you see how a lukewarm Christian is an oxymoron, that that can't exist together? Because if this is what you believe, then of course you are going to live with gratefulness. Of course you are going to live with passion. Of course you are going to treat others with respect. You're going to forgive them. You will do everything that you can for others because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, of the undeserved mercy that he has given you. Church, this is where your passion comes from. This is how you can be passionate. 
I will boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul, he tells us, look, boast only in the cross. Boast only in the cross. But you see, when you read that, the question becomes, what does Paul mean when he says that we should only boast in the cross? And that was a question that I had because, I don't know, it was, uh, as I was reading the other letters that Paul wrote, he, he kind of would say a lot of things about boasting in those letters too. Paul says that he also boasts in his weakness, 2 Corinthians 12.9. He says he boasts in his tribulations, Romans 5.3. And he says he even boasts in other people, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. And so when you read that, Paul is boasting about these other things. Did he make a mistake when he wrote this? Did he kind of put only when he shouldn't have done that? Is he, is he talking about something else? I want you to know and I want to convince you here that, no, there's a profound reason that he says this. Because what he's saying is that all rejoicing, all boasting, even if you boast about other people, even if you boast about other situations, they should all be centered about boasting on the cross. If you boast about others, you should be boasting about the cross. If you boast in your weaknesses and in your strengths, it should be a boast about the cross. If you boast about other people, it should be a boast in the cross. See, church, let me explain what Paul is saying here. For redeemed sinners, what we believe is that every good thing and every bad thing that God turns good was given to us through the cross of Christ. That apart from the cross, we were condemned. That apart from the cross, we were meant to go to hell. That apart from the cross, all we are are sinners without any life and without any hope. And yet, God so loved us that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us so that we could be a new creation, so that we could have new life and a new hope. Because of the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross, he has given us mercy that we did not deserve. He has given us these things. And therefore, everything that we have, everything that we rejoice in, everything that we can boast about was purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look, I want to say that one of the reasons why we are not as Christ-centered as we should be is because we have not realized that everything, everything, everything good, and everything bad turned into good was purchased by the blood of Jesus. For so many of us, we wake up and we take our life and our breath, our family and our friends and everything that we have for granted. We begin to think that it's ours by right. But we have forgotten that it was given to us by God. That every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. And that the things that we have in this moment is only given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. That we were bought with a price. Church, we are creatures. And our creator God was not bound or obligated to give us anything. You see, the Bible says that whatever he gives, he gives out of grace. And whatever he takes away, he does no injustice when he takes it away from us. We are sinners who deserve only judgment. And yet because he loves us, 
he has given us life. Therefore, every breath that we take, every day that we live, every moment that we're able to see and think and love is a free and undeserved gift from God. You know, within our church, in this season in particular, it's been strange because there has been so much sickness that has abounded. There's been a lot of sickness within our missionaries, within our members. There's been a lot of, just a lot of hurt in those areas. And yet, as time goes on, as we continue to pray and, and plead upon the Lord, God has continued to stay faithful. And he has continued to hear our prayers. And God has healed so many of us to the point where tomorrow we're going to be able to see another day. Where we're going to be able to live another day. Where does that mercy come from? It doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from our abilities. It doesn't come from how hard we worked. It simply comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. It comes from his blood. It's an undeserved gift from the Lord that we even have breath for tomorrow, that he has even healed our bodies, that he has even done these things, that we even have families that we can go back home to. It is simply given to us by the Lord. And it's through the cross of Christ. And so Paul is saying, I will only boast in that because I know where these things come from. I know where new mercies come from. And it only comes from God. It doesn't come from my work. It doesn't come from these different things. And so even in my weaknesses, even in these tribulations, even in these other people, I will boast only in Christ because he has given me these things. He's given me my weaknesses so I can look back to Christ. He has given me my tribulations so that I can give thanks to the Lord. He has given me other people to show me that I can be thankful in all circumstances. So I will boast only in the cross. Church, is this your cry as well? Is this something that we can say with our hearts as Christians? That I'm going to live and die by the cross. There's nothing else for me. There's nothing else that I want. Because I believe in this. That everything given to me is through God. So I will be thankful for him. So boast in Jesus Christ. Boast in Jesus Christ. Paul, he says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You see, when, when Paul, when he says, when you boast in the cross, you are saying it is everything to you. Back then, I think one thing we have to understand is that when we boast, um, back then it was a part of warfare. Before every battle, there would be this ritual, and it would be called the boast, you see. And it's where a general would come to the front lines, and he would prepare the soldiers for battle. These soldiers in the front line, you know, they would know one thing, uh, and it's that they would die. Because in every battle back then, the front line would always be the ones that would sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And so the general would come specifically to those people in the front and he would give 
a boast. And what he would say is he would make sure that they would know why they're doing what they're doing. His boast would consist of what their priorities were, that they would understand that they were fighting for their country, that they would understand what they were doing so that when they ran to the enemy, then when they ran to their death, they would understand why they were going there, that there would be no regrets. And the general, he would do that in his boast. See, in the 1995 movie Braveheart, uh, Mel Gibson, great movie, William Wallace, he leads the uh, Scottish army against a much bigger English one. And you see, the, the Scottish army, they, they, were, they didn't have uh, the, the things that the English army had. They, they weren't as sophisticated. They didn't have better strategies. They didn't have better armor or weapons. They were only doing one thing that was different, and that they were fighting for an independent Scotland. And so William Wallace, he, he goes to the front line and he gives a singular boast. And he says one thing. He says, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. Let's go. And it was just that one line that they needed to hear. And they ran without reservation. Church in battle, the reason for the boast is to reorient the soldiers to give them the right purpose. And you see, the Bible says that everyone has a boast about something. That everyone is trying to reorient their lives around someone or something. In Jeremiah 9, God says, Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they know and understand me. Church, your boast is your identity. Your boast is what you are confident in. What makes you confident that when you look at the enemy, that when you look at the opposition, that when you look at the obstacle in front of you, what can you say, okay, this is what's going to allow me to move forward without any regrets. This is what my identity is. And so I know that when I move forward, I'm not going to feel anything else. I'm just going to look forward in this one direction, and I'm going to go forward without any, without any fear. Everyone has a boast in something. You know, Martin Luther, he once said that when things are bad, we instinctively point to our confidence. We'll say, well, well, I'm a good father. I'm a good mother. I did this and I did that. But he says you have to be careful about that. Because when Satan attacks us, what we end up doing is naturally turning to boast in what we are most confident in. And when we boast in those things, we will always lose. Because the Bible says that our works and our righteousness is like filthy rags compared to the holiness of God. The Bible says that there's only one thing that we can boast in. There's only one thing that is not going to fail us. There's one thing that we can have confidence in. And it's in 1 Corinthians 1.31. Let him boast, boast in the Lord. Philippians 3.3 says, I put no confidence in the flesh. But I will only boast in Jesus Christ. When things are difficult, where do you draw your confidence? When things are hard, where is your identity based in? When things are falling apart around you, how do you reorient yourself? What are you willing to say? This is where my confidence comes from. This is where my identity is. I will only boast in the work of Jesus Christ. Not in my righteousness, not in my abilities, 
but simply in what Jesus Christ has done for me. He is greater than Satan. He is greater than this world. And there's nothing, nothing that will ever topple him. So put your faith in him. Look, this world is going to boast about so many other things. They will put their faith and their confidence and their identity in their riches. They will put their faith and their confidence in their, in their looks and their career and their family and so many things. But for me and for this church, and I hope for you, that you will put your boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. And the sacrifice that he has made for you. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. He gave his life for us. That while we were sinking, that while we were drowning, he saved us so that we could have new life and new hope. For there's nothing greater than that. There's only a few things that we really have to be passionate about. There's only a few things that we have to really know and live and die for, and we will make a difference in this world. I want us to be a passionate church, a church that is set apart and known as, known as one that is cross-centered without any reservations. But the only way that that will happen is if we truly believe that Jesus Christ has died for us on the cross. Church, I want you to know that whatever you have struggled with, you're not a slave to your addictions. You're not, you're not a slave to your past. You are a new creation. And the Bible is clear that when you believe in the cross of Jesus Christ, you are new. You have been given new life. You have been given new things that who you were before has no bearing on who you are today. That God is doing a new work in you at this moment and that we can have hope in that that if you believe in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you that you are protected and you are marked by God that Satan may have some power in this world but he is still under the jurisdiction he is still under the dominion of God you know this illustration is one that I love but it says, at the height of the Roman Empire, a Roman citizen, he would walk across the face of the known world in complete freedom. And he would walk in complete confidence, knowing that he would not be harmed. He was completely confident because he simply needed to say these words, Civis Romanus, I am a Roman citizen. You see, so great was the retribution of Rome that not even a finger would be laid upon him. Because he knew that those words, civis Romanus, meant that that person had the backing of the Roman government and the protection of the Roman army. Church, you know that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And that when you believe in who he is, when you believe in what he's done, you have not only the backing of, his, of, of a Roman army, you have the backing of of the most high God, the creator of the entire universe. And so for us, there is no sin, there is no addiction that has power over you. For Jesus Christ on the cross has broken those sins, has broken those addictions. And when he rose again on the third day, he has showed us that he is more powerful than those things. He is more powerful than death. 
He is more powerful than sin. And so if we have our faith and our trust upon him, man, then there's nothing in this world that can defeat us. Church, in this new season of our lives, as we reflect on Easter and everything that is to come, man, my one hope, my one desire for our church is that we would be passionate over the Lord. That we would find our passion. There is nothing greater than finding those one or two things that really, that, that really just make us passionate, that make us move forward. Because I know that those are the things that can help us change this world. And the Bible tells us that, man, of those things, this is the most important. Can you say to yourself, can you say to other people that I will boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ? I pray that we would find our identity and our confidence, not in our abilities, but in the cross of Jesus Christ. Boast in him alone. Amen. Let us pray.